as ever, I can tell you that. <laughs> putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Soda City Sit-Down, episode 87, and the first of the Rapid Reaction podcast we're going to try to do periodically this year. Um... Some of our goal with this is just to kind of get our raw thoughts on the previous game, kind of make it short and sweet. Um, this one won't, it will probably be short, but it probably won't be that sweet because uh, part of getting the raw emotion is that on wins, it's super ecstatic and on losses, uh, it's definitely not going to be the most positive podcast, but I think it's important we get our raw, you know, we're, we're just 24 hours out, less than 24 hours out of, uh, the final, but the Gamecocks uh, losing 16-10 to 10, uh, at home against Kentucky. Uh, obviously, not the most surprising result by any means. I mean, I think the line was five points. We came into it with cautious optimism. Um, weren't really sure what to expect, but uh, basic way to sum it up is the offense didn't do their job. The defense played really well. We won the turnover battle, but it was not enough. And uh, some of the same issues we've had all year uh, kind of showed. Uh, you guys have any initial thoughts before we kind of dive into each part of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on it big time when you said we won the turnover battle. I mean, that really should have played in our favor. I mean, to score only 10 points with the turnover differential that we had is absolutely unacceptable. Um, I know we're going to kind of dive into like a lot of the technical stuff, so I'll just start out by saying like the defense did everything they could to keep us in that game. Um, piss poor performance for the offense that needs to get fixed immediately. I know the O-line's struggling, but just play calling and kind of everything right now seems to be all over the place. Um, yeah. You know, Matt, you said the defense did their job. Um, but you know what? The fans did their job, too. I'm pissed off, you know? We were t- I'll talk to you all week. We were told to Philip Williams-Brice, Philip Williams-Brice, and the fans showed out, stayed the whole game. Student section was incredible. And then to lay an egg like that at home, it's just embarrassing. And I think fans have a right to be pissed off. Completely agree. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the atmosphere was great. Um, I think this game, you know, we hear a lot about the, the visitors we get and, and the atmospheres. Despite losing this game, I think the positive to take away from it is that you're right. We did do our job. We showed up. It was damn near a sellout. The crowd was rocking. We gave all of our energy to that one and uh that's that's kind of why it hurts so bad like we lost to georgia last week we got beaten pretty bad but none of us were really like too upset about it it was kind of expected on the road probably the best team in the country at night but this one this one hurts because this was a we talked about it a lot last week this one was the if we win this game our chances of making a bowl game are through the roof i mean we're we're in great shape and now we've we've got a lot of work to do and we kind of know where we are. Uh, we, we know that Kentucky right now, you know, I think I think it's fair to say that if they played that game ten times, we probably take four, maybe five. Uh, just I think our offense will play a little better in a normal night. Less drops at key important times. But then again, I don't think we win, a, win the turnover battle 3-0 in every game. Um, but yeah, it definitely hurts. I know 
it, it only added insult to injury to then leave that stadium and have to get all of our stuff packed and sit in the car in two hours just to get down the road to get back home. Uh, it's just an all-around, it, is, it stunk. But I, I can't complain about uh, what a great atmosphere it was and what a good day it was for football. Yeah, I mean, the, the worst part of that loss was definitely walking back to the tailgate and packing up everything, making sure we got everything, getting in the car in an uncomfortable, cramped space and sitting in traffic and just being pissed off. But, you know, to get into the game a little bit, I, I don't even know where I want to start here. But, I mean, we can blame the offensive line and the talent all day. And, you know, you say it's your one of a rebuild, and those are fair points. But coaches aren't in their first year coaching. Adkins and Marcus Satterfield, this isn't their first time coaching. Yes, he's a first-time offensive coordinator, fine. But this isn't their first rodeo. I was extremely disappointed with the play calling. I haven't seen offensive play calling like that since Will Muschamp. And, you know, <laughs> I think what really did it for me when I just all my all my screws got loose was when it was third down, third and one, and we ran a running play from the shotgun. And then it was fourth and one, and we did the exact same thing again. I, I oh man, that's very Will Muschamp esque, and it pissed me off. Like I, I was screaming, and the fans around me were screaming. They were pissed off too. And then on top of that, Beamer's decision to kick a field goal or not kick a field goal and go for it. And I was just, just boneheaded in a low scoring game to me. I, there are a I, I couple plays that to me just were you watch them happen and you realize, man, that was a missed opportunity. Like, we, if we lose this game, we'll look back to these couple plays. And to me, the plays were uh, Brooks' drop on that fourth down. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that was the one that we elected not to kick the field goal on. Is that, does that sound correct? Yes, that is correct. So. Yeah, that would have made it 13-10. I, that's the one, like, I actually think it was a halfway decent play call. We executed, but it just couldn't catch the ball and like that is the risk you're you're willing to take in that situation but yeah I don't know how the game changes if we if we kick a field goal there it's a three-point game they're not then going down the field to try to make it a nine-point game the best they can do off the field goal is uh six so who knows how the game ends up turning out that way but I mean I feel like those that's one of those decisions that it's it's just kind of hindsight's twenty twenty. if we just literally catch the ball there we we may damn well score a touchdown and take the lead right there so it's tough that's just one of those swing plays like that was a huge huge swing and then to have the the other fourth down that we went for later in the game uh that Dak Joyner dropped uh, again another receiver drop on a big play I don't know if he was actually gonna he wasn't necessarily gonna get a first down there but first part of it is catching the ball and just to have our receivers drop them in those situations so I mean, that's been the story of this receiving court it seems like though in mean, ECU obviously there were some uh, hands issues um, Georgia like that's it continues to be a problem I feel like that was you know Devin's bringing up the Muschamp era and like that seems like something that's kind of continued on is not catching the ball in these big moments where we need them to yeah and uh you know Josh Van is as well as he's played through the first three games we didn't really hear his name called for good or for bad it was just like if I feel like if he's going to be our number one receiver either a he needs to to show up in games like this or b which I feel like is probably more likely is we got to scheme stuff up to get him the ball I mean we've done a really good job through the first three games of making sure that 
Like he's getting the ball because he's playing super well. I mean, I can. Uh, he had three catches for 16 yards. I couldn't. I couldn't name a a notable moment from him in the whole game. And I'm not even necessarily saying that's on right, him. Right. Like I don't. I don't remember us targeting targeting him and him getting locked up. I don't remember him having any ball security issues or drops or anything. It's just that we didn't get the ball to him, and that's that's on us. The biggest hurt there was when he had like five yards of separation and wide open streaking down the field, and Doty missed him by like a good good three or four yards. That one hurt, and and that's not a knock on Doty. He played really well with how bad our offensive line Absolutely. was. Absolutely. I think I think it's fair to say that it's pretty clear Doty's uh, the guy at quarterback. I mean, yeah. Zeb did well when he was in there, but Doty's definitely the guy. I mean, it just comes down to the running game. I was about to say, I was I mean, about to say we, we're talking about Doty and we're talking about Van and our, like our number ones need to show up. Where the hell is our RB1? Where is our run game? I know our O-line is atrocious and we can't block. We can't run block. We can't pass block. But we, oh, we have hyped our running backs up. And they're so good. I'm not sitting here saying our running back room sucks, but they need to start playing like the running backs we had last year, like, like I don't understand where our run game is. It's non-existent. Uh, Harris just does not look like he's breaking tackles like he used to. Like he's just getting brought down on every play. I don't know what it is. Our running backs are not. Are, I know it's hard to find holes and run through them, but even like in the open field, like they just do not look like they're they're playing up to the standards that we are expecting from them. Yeah, this was a six-point game, uh, but realistically, without the turnovers, I think we lose by a good bit more because. The biggest, most obvious difference statistically in this game. South Carolina, 26 rushes for 58 yards. Kentucky, 44 rushes for 230 yards. I don't have the time of possession stats on hand, but I, I, I've i got to think that Kentucky just... Yeah, Rodriguez had 140 rushes, it, it, it 140 really, yards himself. Yeah, like that's horrible. Yeah. And it's that that's just an example of, of letting the road team in a hostile environment just kind of control the clock like if anything like our defense played lights out forcing three turnovers um, making big plays the the touchdown drive on the first drive of the game was the only touchdown we allowed all game but that being said there were times that we just got in like the pass defense was great we got to the quarterback pretty well levis had just he just couldn't do it oh he was awful and and we forced him to be awful too. That that's that's like what one thing I'm happy about because he'd been pretty good the first couple games of the year. Our D line definitely impacted him, but we gotta know that they're gonna run. And I I know we we have to know that they were running. It's just like at some point it felt like there was nothing we can do about it. And that's been the story with Kentucky for years is that we know they're just gonna run it down our throats and we can't do anything about it. I'll say this: Zach Pickens has just not looked like he should be a starting tackle for us this year. I mean, he played really good against EIU, but that was about it. Uh, uh, time of possession, Matt, was 35-24 Kentucky. Um, that, that was expected. We just let them play their game in that situation because they just want to run the ball and waste time, and especially in a road environment when when we we need as much time to just affect them as possible, to have them just dominate in the run game and slowly like drain the clock and especially late in the game when they had that long drive kicked a, a field goal to make it a nine point game at that point the air is kind of taken out of the stadium like you're gonna need a a, a pretty big miracle to come back from that and it's just that that was frustrating but it's hard to really say anything negative about our defense outside of that because they if we're going to say a positive about, about this game it was 
damn. Yes, they did their job. Well as a, as and a that's way. like demoralizing for a team as a whole. When our defense comes out there, like we said, wins the turnover battle. What three turnovers that we forced? They're going out there. They're making you know the quarterback make bad decisions, which is all great. But for the offense to come out there, lay an egg. That's totally demoralizing for us as a fan base, of course. But even for the defense, like you know, they're going out there, they're busting their balls. They are they're playing up to the standards that we know and, and are trying to win us the game and the offense can't. The offense really can't do anything. That is absolutely demoralizing for a team. Oh, it's embarrassing. This was our biggest recruiting weekend that we have scheduled all year. All all of the big recruits that we that we're supposed to be recruiting in 2023, 2024, and I think some 2022 guys as well. I mean, they were all at that game. And they watched us stink up the place. It's absolutely embarrassing. And it's ridiculous. And, I I mean, you can make all excuses about your one that you want, but Kentucky's not a good team. Yes, they're 4-0, and people are ranking them as high as 6th in the SEC. They're not a good team. They're god-awful. They can't Their quarterback is not impressive at all. Yeah, their quarterback is not impressive at all. No, there's nothing. And just wait till they play a decent team. They're going to get blown out, and people are going to look back on this and be like, wow, South Carolina's really that bad. And, and, okay, so getting to the point that everyone's talking about, yes, we're not going to win many games with our offensive line. We're not going to beat Troy with our offensive line the way it's playing. Adkins needs to figure something out. Satterfield needs to figure something out. And this may be an overreaction. It is an overreaction, but, hey, Auburn fired a coach within four games, and if Adkins can't do anything with these guys, something needs to be done because this was supposed to be the strength of our team this year, our offensive and, line. And Devin, what did you mention to me right before we hopped on about oh, the O-line what, coaches? It, it, it made the loss so much more frustrating. Okay, watching Kentucky's O-line, they were getting like a good yard, yard and a half of push every every snap. Ours, the opposite. You know who Kentucky's O-line coaches? Eric Wolford. You know how mad that makes me? You know how much I miss that man? Good God. Yeah, and like like you mentioned, when their runs got stuffed, quote unquote stuffed, they got three yards. When our runs got stuffed, we <laughs> got, got negative two. two. Yeah. Like, and it, and that was every single play. That wasn't just like you know sometimes. Have we seen the inside zone work this year with Kevin Harris at all? But I'm saying if we could get like Matt was saying, if we could even get that push, like oh, we know our running backs are good, but if we can just like get that two three yards of push and allow Kevin Harris to maybe get like three four yards just because the offensive line can actually push the defensive line back, that'd be great. But, I mean, they're getting swallowed behind the backfield. Like, there's – yeah, there's, there's – Does anyone – can anyone recall if we converted a fourth down? I know we had the draw play, uh, which honestly looked like Kevin Harris fell down on that one. But um, that one, then we had the drop from Brooks, the drop from Dak where he was probably short. I think we were 0-3 unless we – converted at some point but i, I don't know Something uh we were we were we were zero and three and to make even worse we were three and for 12 and third downs that's even more pitiful whereas kentucky was about 50 percent on third down i mean i it's hard to say any positives about the offensive performance um i think there were some individual guys that did well here and there. And I refuse but, to believe Kentucky's defense is that um, good as well. Like, I, I mean, I, I no. guess we were kind of talking about overreactions. I mean, do we think that Satterfield might be in over his head for this job? I mean, he, he certainly has not impressed anybody in the first four games. I'm still trying – like, we are not in the rooms. We don't know football necessarily to the point where we could tell you exactly what all the problems are specifically – but between Satterfield and Adkins, and I guess 
to an extent, also the guys that are playing. I don't know who is most at fault right now for the offensive line's performance. I It's hard to put a finger on. I don't know if it's a play-calling issue, it's a communication issue, the guys just aren't very good. I, I, I don't think that's the option because we've seen them be good. I couldn't even I can't even put my my point on it um really what the issue is there just like they just Georgia, suck <laughs> the final, they just suck. They I suck. mean yeah they, there's no there's nothing good that has that's that's the most like I hate talking about my like, school like knew, that but we do they suck that is all there is to say yeah. like that's the harsh reality of it and that's like one of the things like takeaways from the Georgia game right we knew our offense wasn't going to be explosive but we had some big plays. Luke Doty looked good. We hit Van on a couple good deep balls. The O-line got dominated, but it was like that was kind of to be expected. But the one thing that I really didn't want to see in year one in this system is just trends that we looked helpless against and looked completely outmatched. And of all the play, like I expected it to be the secondary or the wide receivers. Nobody... So, thought the O-line would be the worst position group on this team by a mile. I mean, that that is a shocker to me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, Austin, you're talking about Satterfield. Is he out of his out of his league a little here? I just, and I think we learned this with Muschamp, I just don't think the SEC is a place where you can afford to have a first-time offensive coordinator. No, I do like that Satterfield takes – takes deep shots like that's nice we didn't see it very often under champ but i don't like his run plays Same. i don't like that he's predictable i don't like that while i was in the stadium i could tell people around me what he was about to run before it got ran and i don't know anything about football besides well like, you know i don't know x's and o's i just know what i've seen and the fact that i can predict that means that's that's sad that that means damn well kentucky can yeah, my great, my great, yeah, he is, he is predictable. Like our short, like our run game, our short game is about like, yeah, I don't mind the deep, I don't mind the deep passes either. And like, I think like our the the routes of receivers are running are good. Like that schematically, I think our receivers and like our passing game is okay. But our short game sucks right now. Like, I, and again, we can go back to the O line, but like our short game right now, like third and two, fourth and one, needing a couple yards, we can't do it. We cannot do it. I'm gonna ask a, que- a general question. So, to me. All things considered, when you look at every position other than the O-line, let's assume for now that the O-line was doing as expected. They were a halfway decent unit. Um, I think this would have been a 7-5 and five team that I, I would project it. Like I think we would have done much better than expected and, and made a bowl game by at least one game. With the state of our O-line right now, if it continues and doesn't get significantly better throughout the season, do we get more than four wins? I mean, I still think we beat. I still think we probably beat Troy. Troy's probably a harder game than Vandy at this point. I think we win those two games pretty, pretty comfortably. But I mean, Missouri doesn't look like a good team. Missouri looks like a team we should beat if we want to be a, if we want to get somewhere in year one. But I'm not confident in it right now. Well, as bad as their rush defense is, it doesn't really matter if your line can't do their job if they can't pin that defensive end on the inside when you're going on outside runs and vice versa, like. It's like our O-line, they don't know how to run block. Like they, It looks like they have not been taught how to pull or push people around. It, there's no such thing as holes you for You know the O-line. metaphor for a, it's like a, it's like a immovable object meets an Full unstoppable force. force. Yeah. 
the the Missouri D line against the South Carolina O line is is like the complete fucking opposite. <laughs> the most movable, movable object, object versus the versus most possible force. force. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we at right now with the O line, unfortunately. And you know Missouri had a pretty good running day against Kentucky too. So there's definitely no evidence that that to say that Kentucky had some sort of dominant D line. ECU we kind of had some of the same issues. So I mean, so far the only the only d-line we've been able to dominate is eastern illinois and they still had their moments on us so that's just the one big trend i think we can look at at this point we're a third of the way into the season and it's just like it's the o-line we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to do anything this season if they don't get significantly better and so i i I know we don't want this to go too long because this is just a rapid reaction thing but i do want to single out one drive the only positive drive for the offense and it was right after halftime right we marched down there, and we scored a touchdown. How did we do it? We threw the ball a lot. Why did we not at any point abandon the run game? Or not abandon it, but why were we still trying to lean on it so heavily? I, it doesn't make sense to me. Clearly, we were able to throw the ball. Clearly, our receivers were doing all right. And clearly, Doty was pretty accurate. And yeah, we didn't have a great amount of time in the pocket with the way our O-line was playing, but Doty is fast enough. And yes, he wasn't 100%, but Doty is good enough to be able to move the pocket and make throws. And I thought he did a really nice job of doing so. The fact that we didn't adapt and, and learn and see that, you know, that one drive after halftime is how we need to be calling this game. That's mind boggling to me. Cause right after that drive, we got the ball back and we reverted back to our run, run, run stuff, stuff, stuff. And with that drive, you know, we had, if we're looking at, there's a 10-play drive. First two plays are Doty scrambles. I don't know if that was because they were pass plays that he ended up running on or not. But take that away. We complete a third down conversion to Van. Uh, We throw an incomplete pass, but then we get a a 17-yard completion. Then what do we do? We run the ball because that is a good time to run the ball. Like, if we're going to struggle to block it, it, it like you were saying Devin like people around you could see what we were going to do what what teams will have to respect and react to is if we throw the ball and we're moving across half field in, in a matter of plays that's when you can run the ball because then they're not all just completely ready for the very obvious run but to make matters worse as soon as we did that we get a seven yard run on first down we run it again and we get nothing like that, that, those are, and you know, thankfully we were able to, we, that was the last run we had of the drive. We had a couple good passes. Nick Muse, probably the, the most explosive play I can remember from the game, that 25 yard uh, pass through the middle. But yeah, I mean, we had way too many three and outs, oh, and three fourth downs. That, that kind of stuff's going to, going to bite us in the butt. And you know, this um, might be nitpicking, Matt, but we had three turnovers. You know what we didn't do one time that I thought Shane Beamer would do with, this team on offense attack attack take the take them. take the shot yeah take the shot after the turnover make them regret that turn we had zero points off of turnovers and this may not be Which accurate but it, that is i'm not looking at the stats right now to say but it felt like on all i guess the first one we started at the one yard line so throw that one out but the other two were across the 50 and does it not feel like thinking back i don't think we got a first down it felt like we probably just ran boring run plays and didn't and didn't get it on both occasions. Um, that's what it felt sure. like. Yeah, I don't know sure how accurate it is, but that's what it felt like. And we can't do that. 
Yeah, it's and, and you know Kentucky's punter had a crap game too. We had great field position all we game. Had great field position. We had a ton. We of didn't capitalize. That was the story of the game. We didn't capitalize on good field position. We didn't capitalize on turnovers. We didn't capitalize anything. No deep shots. No trying to yeah, be aggressive. This was a very must champ esque game, and I know we're trying not to beat that dead horse, but realistically, I mean, yeah, that was a must champ esque game right there. Third drive of the game. We start at the Kentucky 44-yard line. Kevin Harris run for two yards. Kevin Harris run for one yard. Incomplete pass. Run, run, third and long, obvious passing situation. Then we have to punt. And we did that multiple times. There were so many times where it was run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Or Harris for two, Harris for one, Harris for zero. Like, change, like, like Devin said, predictability, predictable. Like, even the drive that we started on our one-yard line, we were able to get 40 yards. Like, (laughs) it's tough. Yeah, I'll, so I'll wrap up with what I have to say with this. It's, you know, people on social media and even some bigger names than us in, uh, in sports media are saying y'all are overreacting. It's week four on a first-year tenure. And I think that's acceptable to say if talent was the only issue. Talent is not the only issue. Coaches are also the issue, and coaches should be held accountable in year one, year zero, whatever. If you're an SEC coach, it's not your first rodeo. You should be better, at the very least, to say. I have more words than that, but I won't use them right now. Yeah, I don't know if I speak for both of y'all or our entire podcast or anything, but it's one thing to go into a game against a team that might be, even with you, might be a little bit better than you from a national perception, and to go in and just get beat, it, it felt like this was a game where they looked bad and we just, we just looked looked worse. worse. It wasn't like we look good and they did better. Really? I agree. I mean, they handed us the ball in multiple key situations and we just couldn't do anything with it. And that was kind of the story of the game. It's like, yeah, we didn't play to win. We played not to lose, even though we forced three turnovers. And if you play not to win, but play not to lose, you end up losing, which is exactly what happened. But yeah, I mean, it it was, it was a tough one, but we've, we've got more this week. We're going to come back on, in a couple days and uh, give our preview for Troy, talk a little bit more about our SEC picks. Definitely a very entertaining SEC week. And, you know, the one good thing, probably the best moment in the stadium of the of the game was when everyone cheered when Clemson lost. And, you know, as, as, as unfortunate of a situation we seem to be in right now, Clemson's 2-2, two and two, and that's hilarious. But, yeah, if you guys don't have anything else, uh, we'll get out of here and... We'll see what we'll see what happens next on Wednesday.